Hi, my name is Enrico Ferri and welcome to this Burning Lamp podcast. We have a passion for worship, whether it's worship leading or just worshiping together with other believers in Christ. And we realize that worship is not just five songs on a Sunday or even just a two-hour worship session, but that worship is a lifestyle where we bring our bodies as a living sacrifice of praise before the Lord on a daily basis. And on this podcast, we share in that manner, whether it's through a song, testimony, teaching, and interviewing other believers and brothers and sisters in Christ. So welcome to this Burning Lamp podcast and enjoy this episode. Well, I felt uh, to share with you guys uh, about a dream that I had a couple of weeks ago. And um, I just want to mention to you guys that uh, I am recording this podcast from my own home so you might hear birds tweeting in the background or funny sounds here and there but that's okay you know I think by now we've gotten used to uh, recording messages and stuff from our own homes um, with the way of this pandemic that hit the world and that's not completely over yet you know and I think it's just a step of obedience in um, uh, yeah and just putting something out there that God lays on our heart so anyway to get to the point, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had a dream where I found myself with my family and some people that I know in like these camps, um, wildlife camps. And, um, you know, we were just going about our business and then I heard an audible voice or like a, an announcement that says the lions break uh, free, they loose, the lions are on the loose. And uh, we were chatting and we adhered to, to the announcement that we heard, but it's just like we just carried on. And then uh, as I came out of uh, the entrance of one of the camps, I looked to the side and I saw the lions has already started ta- attacking animals and people. And, and uh, then I looked to the other side and I, I found myself in the walkway between the camps. Um, I'm trying just to to draw the picture or to describe the picture as much in detail as I can so that you can get the idea. And then I saw a huge uh, male lion running straight towards me. And I remember just jumping up against the fence of the camp, trying to pull myself and trying to climb upwards. And then I found like the lion was passing me uh, and attacking another person um, who was just close to me. And uh, I remember that's all that I could remember of the dream. And uh, the, ne- the next morning when I woke up, I asked the Lord, you know, what does this mean? And um, uh, he specifically, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me that um, this is a warning um, of attacks uh, coming from the enemy against relationships, specifically in the body of Christ and um, relationships in general. You know, and I, if it's one thing that we value and that I value so much in life and that makes life in my opinion worth living um, is is building relationships with people you know um, it's one thing that I really try and cherish and invest in as much as I can to put my energy in relationships in people that I connect with in this season we are very uh, focused and attend on what God is doing because we feel like he is bringing divine connections our way and you should also be on the lookout for that and I just feel like um, 
you know, God opens doors to connect with people. Um, but it's, it's, we have a role to play in keeping that relationship alive, you know, and pursuing that relationship, whether it's just a, a, a small little message um, uh, every now and then, you know, just asking the person how they're doing, is there something that you can pray for? I just love that. I just love diving into the spiritual and the deep stuff when it comes to relationships. Uh, I think the stuff on the surface to chat about is nice, the day-to-day stuff, sports and food and whatever is good, but I love going deep. I just love people's stories. I love to hear people's journeys, where they come from, uh, what they've had to overcome. So yeah, I'm just a sucker for for going deep into relationships. And um, so yeah, I really put a lot of value on relationships. And I think uh, the enemy knows the value in unity, obviously, and he knows the value in relationships and in godly connections, and specifically in the times that we live in. Uh, we're going to see this more and more. And uh, yeah, the enemy is out to to kill, steal, and destroy. And I want to read this to you. It says in John 10, 10, The thief does not come except to steal and kill and destroy. And then Jesus says, I have come that we may experience life and life uh, more abundantly. And, uh, you know, God has called us in our relationships with it, with whoever it might be. Um, maybe it's with a person that do not even believe in Christ, who's not in Christ who's not in the house of the Lord, that we should still honor, respect, and love um, each person that we stand with in relationship. And um, it's it's God's intent that in our relationships, we will experience not just the life that he brings, but like he says, the life in abundance that he died for on the cross uh, so that we can get the fullness out of that relationship and also give uh, of our fullness to that relationship. And... Um, uh, God took me to, to 1 Peter 5, 8, and I want to read it to you guys. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And in these times going forward, specifically where uh, we are fighting for unity in church, um, you know, if there's one thing I do get frustrated with is like 95% of the time, if you sit with, with, with children of God around a table, uh, in conversation about an area or a town, uh, for some reason the topic of church politics and churches come up, and uh, I've just come to found in my heart that I really get frustrated when that happens. You know, it's uh, yeah, it really uh, it's it's on the edge of really gossiping and you know speaking of other children of God, and it's it's a tricky thing, you know, because I think we. Sometimes God shows us things from the outside of churches or brothers in Christ. Um, and I think we we try and mention uh, or voice what we see the Spirit of Truth shows us. But I think we should always just gauge our hearts and why we start speaking about certain churches or certain uh, institutes or certain people. And I really feel like God is, uh, and the Holy Spirit is convicting me in a deep way, and uh, probably uh, most likely a lot of other people about specifically this, you know, speaking against a brother in Christ. Um, we may not always agree with everything, and our callings might be so different, which just makes it so beautiful. And, um, you know, I think it's dangerous to, from the outside, 
look at a church or look at a person's life and for what you can see on the outside, you know, make a cup uh, a lot of assumptions and form an opinion about someone without actually knowing them, without actually sitting around the table and having a conversation with that person to find out why are they doing, why are they making these choices that they are making, why are they structuring, for example, their lives or their churches the way they do. And I think it's these things that we need to guard our our hearts against and our minds against is um, is speaking badly against other people, against other brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, sometimes we have to gauge our hearts Jealousy and envy is a massive thing in the body of Christ. You know, um, we are not called to be orphans. You know, orphans will constantly fight for a position. They will do anything they can just to get the approval of man and to feel important. So they will step on people, walk over people, um, backstab, uh, gossip, just so that they can, um, you know, get the attention on. Uh, off of those people onto themselves you know that's the sad thing about an orphan heart but a, a son of god always rejoices in the victories of other people of the brother next to him as well and that is what god has called us to to rejoice when the church down the street wins we win you know it's that kind of thing and um the enemy in, in, in this time that we live in wants us to take our focus off of our own ministries and off of our own lives and put it on other people's lives. And the scary thing that happens is is that we start to, f- to focus so much on those people's lives that we do not move forward in our lives. And that's exactly what he wants. You know, if you gave your heart to Jesus six years ago, it you have to move forward. You can't look uh, six years later the same that you looked uh, or... or or spoke or walked like you did when you gave your heart to Jesus. You know, you grow up maturely as a son into God and your life and your fruit starts to testify that you know him. And so it's so important for us to to constantly in this time for what God is going to do in the earth to fight for unity. And um, uh, in John 8.44, it says the following, and uh, I want to read it to you. He was a murderer from the beginning. And does not stand in the truth. This is Jesus speaking. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar and the father of it. So what Jesus is saying here that the enemy, the devil, is the father of all lies. If we do not allow uh, the Holy Spirit to lead us in spirit and in truth, we will easily get swayed and deceived by the lies of the enemy. I have found that in my own life, you know, if in a relationship, if I just simply or if a person just simply doesn't agree with my viewpoint or my point of view or my opinion or uh, there's been a misunderstanding or oh, misunderstandings is such a crazy thing that sometimes happen. And, you know, when that happens, it's like I already I feel like I need to phone the person or I feel like I need to send the person a message. But in from that time that I've decided until the time that I actually do it, I have a battle in my mind. I don't know if you of you guys can resonate with this, but it feels like the battle that I have in my thoughts with this person, it feels so real. I think that's the power of imagination. It's like it takes you into the sudden argument with that person over a table. And what I've found is the moment that that happens, it's the enemy that is planting these thoughts in 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 your mind and you have to 
in a moment, as soon as you can, counter that thought with the love and the truth of Christ. And you have to stand back and think, okay, what, what is going on here? Why am I? Why is this 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 thought that I'm having now creating so much anger in my heart? And you know what sometimes happen is if we do not put those thoughts uh, uh, at the feet of the cross, at the feet of Jesus, and submit our thoughts unto Him, that will escalate. And what sometimes happens, emotion out of an emotional place, we send that person a message or we phone that person, and instead of having peace in our hearts, we are absolutely we have the storm in our heart, and we are ready just to fight that person. And uh, you know that's not God's heart, and and that's the power of of if we choose to agree um, uh, to the lies that the enemy is speaking of our lives, that can be anything. But today, specifically on relationships, it's easy. Uh, it's it's scary how the enemy can twist certain things. Or if there has been a misunderstanding, if the enemy can come and color in that picture that it absolutely looks like it's completely that person's fault. And sometimes it's your fault. Sometimes uh, you didn't react out of love or... You said something hurtful to that person. And uh, so it's so important, guys, that we need to be very vigilant and discern um, uh, about this, you know, to to really guard our, our hearts and our thoughts against the lies of the enemy. And uh, also to stand back and just think for a moment, what is God saying about that person? And how should I, if I am a son of God, if I am a follower of Jesus Christ, how should I... Um, what is the best way to handle this situation? What should I say? What should I do? You know, the word says that uh, Jesus spoke to his disciples and he said, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things, not some things, even relation, even about relationships. And even in those moments, the Holy Spirit will show you if you give him a chance and if you ask him, you know, God also says you do not have because you do not ask. Um, and sometimes or most of the times in arguments, in disagreements, we need um, the wisdom of God to help us so that Jesus can stay at the center of the conversation and at the center of what's going on. To go back and forth about who's right and wrong, I don't think it's the right way to go about this. Sometimes you will agree to disagree on something, but that doesn't mean that love suddenly should become absent in your relationship. You should still always honor and love that person, no matter if that person disagrees with you or even if that person speaks uh, in a hurtful way to you. You know what I realized um, in life is sometimes um, people say hurtful things to us, maybe in a moment because they are emotional um, and they are angry at that moment, so things just come out of their mouth. But what I've, I've really tried to learn and to walk in as the Holy Spirit leads me is to understand what is going on behind the action that I just received. What is going on behind that uh, that reaction of frustration or that hurtful word that that person just spoke over me or um, why that person shouted at me? What you know, if you in that moment, because we have laid ourselves down and we do not actually live anymore, if you know in Christ, it's what He says to deny yourself, to take up your cross, and follow Him. It, it means that those things are not actually supposed to hurt you. You know, um, Dan Moeller says a powerful thing, and it's something that we as human beings, being in a fleshly body, can't always understand. Just, he says it's possible to go through life without being offended. 
And it's like we as people and even children in the body of Christ, we carry so much offense in our hearts. And that just shows that we just live, we still live too much. You know, we haven't completely died in Christ because what people's action towards us hurts us. And if we can come to a place of maturity in Christ and say, Holy Spirit, show me why is this person reacting like he or she is reacting to me? Because out of that place in a relationship, you can rule as a son. But if you are also going to react out of your flesh to what that person said, is God's kingdom really being established in your relationship? Is righteousness really being established in your relationship? You know, in Proverbs it says that the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. That's why it's so important that um, we need to sometimes step back and in a moment just think, okay, how am I going to react to to what I just received from that person? And to make it even, to cut even deeper into the flesh, God expects us to, if by the Holy Spirit, He shows us the root of of the fruit that that person is carrying, which is hurting us, that we should pray and intercede for that person. You know, in that in that moment, that person might feel like your enemy, but God expects of us to rule from a place of sonship, and then from that place, pray for the heart of that person. Pray for the surrender heart of that person. Not, and here's the other thing, not pray what you want to pray. Not pray, God, I hope you, and I pray that you would... Uh, you would um, persecute that person and that you will give that person hell. No, you pray from a place of love and you pray as a brother to a brother or a sister to a sister and you pray to God and say, God, I really ask that you will touch that person's heart. I can see the anger and frustration and hurt in that person's heart. I pray for wholeness. I pray for healing. Um, I pray that your perfect, unfailing love will encounter that person's heart. I pray that you would soften that person's heart. I pray that you would bring healing to that person's heart. Um, I pray that you would take away the frustration, the hurt, and the anger in that person's heart and and um, in transaction with with peace, just come Prince of Peace and just fill that person's heart. You see, that's, that's, the, that's, that's praying from a place of mature sonship. Uh, it's not that's not praying from out of the flesh because I promise you if you pray from out of the flesh you will even pray things that Jesus would not have prayed or that Jesus will not pray because it's not about you um, it's it's really about that person imagine how often Jesus had the opportunity when the Pharisees took him on or even when the disciples disagreed that he could easily have carried offense in his heart I mean he was the God of the universe he could sort them out in a moment but no, he didn't. He still had compassion. Even when he hung on the cross, um, all those all those soldiers that hurt him and beat him, he still looked up to his father and he said, "Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing." And uh, you know that's 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 coming from a very very mature place. And um, you know, so how should we treat one another? You know, Paul writes in Ephesians four, from verse twenty five, and I want to read this to you. Let him who stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working. Uh, okay, now let me start earlier, sorry. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one body. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor 
working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for uh, what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you, with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. This is so powerful. This is an instruction from Paul to the Church of Ephesians, and you know we, um, oh, it's so beautiful. What he says is, don't let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. We should stop and think before we react, before we speak, because words can hurt people, and it's something that people do not uh, quickly forget. But what good? Uh, for necessary edification. So whatever we speak, may it not be corrupt coming out of our mouth, but may it be uh, for edification, and that it may impart, listen to this, grace to those who hear it. So whatever you reply in a conflict situation, whatever your reply is um, in moments of disagreements and anger, it should bring edification and it should bring grace. Um, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. You see, in those moments, it's very easy for us to to respond and operate out of a fleshly place uh, and and when we do that we actually grieve the holy spirit and the holy spirit cannot produce the fruits of righteousness through us in that moment then he says here if you have bitterness wrath anger clamor or uh, or think of something evil to speak in your heart put it aside um, and be kind to one another tender-hearted forgiving you know and um, I really think to myself, uh, specifically lately, God, Jesus will not expect us to do anything that he has not already done. You know, Jesus was the example for us in everything. He fully became human, dwelt among us, uh, went through everything that we went through, uh, suffered persecution, uh, suffered rejection. Um, uh, he was betrayed. Uh, you know, so the, we we cannot carry around that excuse or think of any excuse and say, but God doesn't understand. You know, he expects us because he went through it all. He expects us to respond like he responded and how we cannot do it through the flesh. But we need to be led by his spirit of truth uh, as we walk this life. We can't, it's, I know it's a constant battle between the flesh and the spirit, but the spirit can't, it's the Holy Spirit's job to constantly reveal the heart of Jesus, to reveal Jesus in every situation. So it's important for us to to really allow the Holy Spirit to do His work in us. And He will lead us uh, in saying things, in responding ways that we maybe do not want to respond or say. But it's God's perfect will. We do not we are not owned by by ourselves we do not belong to ourselves but we are purchased if you say and if you declare that you are a child of god or a servant of god or a friend of god or the bride of the bridegroom then it is automatically assumed that you know that your life is no longer your own but that you are purchased by the blood of jesus and that you belong to him um Jesus valued relationships so highly. He walked so closely with 
with his disciples. He invested time, um, his energy into them. He taught them, and, and Paul also says it forgave because he forgave us. And I want to encourage you. I really feel like it's a season of shaking, but it, in the shaking, it's a season of, of restoration. And, you know, it's tough for people. It's tough for people to go back and to say sorry. You know, the... Uh, the word says that in the last days, people will become lovers of self. Um, if it's not already worse enough, you know, and if the flesh is not already strong enough, we live in a in a culture where if you disagree with me, I just shove you aside. I just cancel you out of my life. I don't need you. Um, we see it in marriages. So many people are divorcing and less people are getting married. Why? Because it's a prideful thing. If you can't live and agree to the way I live and want to live and what I, 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 I want, if in this friendship relationship you disagree with me and do not do things the way that I, 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 I want to do it, then I'll just get another friend. There's so many friends out there, I don't need you. And I want to ask you if this is your mindset or if you know, do you really think or just ponder on it for a moment that do you really, really, really think that this is the way that Jesus operates or that he wants you to operate? Or does he want you to to lay down your life in a relationship, to not be in a relationship, whether it's a marriage or a boyfriend and girlfriend or just a friendship or your father and your mother being a son or a daughter or a brother or a sister? It's his will that you will lay down your life for that person that you will not go into re the, the relationship for what you can get, but for what you can give. And it's become such a cliche thing, you know. Um, but it's it's what God asks of us, to completely live a surrendered life, even in our relationships. To not respond in anger or wrath, but respond in love. I've seen it so many times, um, being in arguments, you know, people... Uh, you're saying stuff and reacting in a moment and shouting and swearing. Um, and if I just stand back and respond in a place of love, it completely takes the wind out of their sails because, you know, a lot of people come out of such hurt backgrounds that it's the only thing that they know. It's the only way or the only example they had of handling conflict. There has to be violence. There has to be sometimes physical violence. There has to be hurt because it's it's the only way how they know how to handle handle these things. But if you come with a different example, and that's why when you respond in love, you know, sometimes people don't know how to react because they want to fight. They're only used to getting the same response. It's like, I'm going to shout at you. I'm going to swear at you. I'm going to say bad and hurtful things to you. And they expect actually that they're going to get the same in return. And when they don't, it completely baffles them. You know, and God has called us to be peacemakers. Um, and uh, he's really called us in this time to fight for this unity because if there is unity, God can command a blessing. And that is what he's asking of us. And, you know, uh, I think for the time of revival that we are very close to, uh, the thing that is going to start this is, um, that's going to start revival is definitely um, unity. And the enemy knows that, and the enemy is coming after that. That's why we need to be so vigilant, like he's walking around looking uh, who he can devour. And uh, I want to encourage you guys today is to to sit your relationships at the feet of D Jesus, you know, to, um, to, to pursue wholeness in your relationships, to forgive if you need to forgive, 
to set free who you need to set free. And uh, if you need to forgive yourself, you need to forgive yourself so that you can love those as you love yourself. If you don't love yourself, there's no way that you're going to love others around you. If you do not see yourself the way that God sees you, uh, how are you going to see others the way that Jesus sees them? You know, it's, it's so important. Um, I just want to read to you out of Matthew 5, verse 9. It says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. How will people know that you are a child of God? Is that you constantly fight for peace. And you know, sometimes fighting for peace is not ignoring the conflict. And it's not ignoring that something's in the air. But it's actually stepping into that battle. It's actually stepping onto the landmine and let the explosion takes place, take place. And in that explosion of words and conversation going back and forth, it's there where we learn uh, what it means to operate and what it means to speak like Jesus, what it means to think like Jesus, what it means to discern on how t- and what to say. Um, and so I want to encourage you guys is to constantly fight for peace in your relationships. Don't allow the lies of the enemy to come and confuse you. Um, and lead you astray but may we fight for unity in every area of our lives and i want to encourage you because he is able within you you are able if you think of someone in this moment that you need to forgive or if you think of a situation currently in a relationship um, where uh, it's actually you that caused that um, or or you need to go and say sorry be the one to say sorry you do not need to prove anything And you're not saying sorry to show the other person that you are a better person. Just go in it with the right intention really to make peace. Because Jesus expects it of you. Because Jesus makes you able. Because he forgave, you can forgive. It's possible that his spirit within you gives you the ability and the power and the strength to forgive. And if you have to forgive 365 days of the year, then you do that. Until when you look at that person, you feel peace in your heart. But just remember, this is a key thing. Your life is not your own anymore. You chose to give your life to Jesus Christ and to submit under him. Um, and we, as his sons, need to fight for that peace. So I really hope that just this short message encourage you today just to, uh, just to pursue kingdom relationships and to build kingdom relationships. And if there's any broken ones, to allow the Holy Spirit through you to restore those relationships so that you can experience the life and the life in abundance that he died for on the cross may you be blessed thank you for taking the time to listen to our message today remember to press the subscribe button for more content and resources visit our facebook pages at enrico and anya worship and burning lamp ministries and also remember to subscribe to our youtube channel at enrico and anya worship if you want to come in contact with us, please send us an email to info at burninglampmusic.co.za.